Do you crave meaningful conversations with people of different backgrounds and perspectives? Do you admire certain people from afar but wish you can get to know them on a deeper level? Thankfully, we live in an incredible age where long-form conversation allows us to connect with those who inspire us beyond the often manufactured sound bites, small talk, and social media posts we are bombarded with on a daily basis. This is a podcast that seeks to provide you, our listeners, with refreshing content from a variety of inspiring guests, a place where we can truly hear their stories. I'm Karen Corin, and welcome to Soul Sessions with KK. Hey everyone, welcome to another very interesting Soul Session. I sit down with the fabulous Sarah Kupfer at FitJewess, and we discuss lots of important topics. We speak about being single in the from community and the stigma that is associated with being single, but we mainly talk about incorporating body positivity in the shidduch world. What is body positivity and how is it different from a positive body image? And what does health at every size mean? Find out by listening to Sarah's story and how she's making it her life's mission to educate and empower people about body acceptance and weight-neutral health. This is a conversation not to be missed. And without further ado, I would love to introduce Sarah Kupfer. Hello, Sarah. Welcome to Sessions. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited for you to be on the show. I, it was just funny how we met. I mean, I've been following you for a while now and you messaged me and you were like, Oh, (laughs) wait, I didn't mean to send you that message. I'm like, actually, Sarah, um, now that we're talking, would you like to be on my show? And you're like, yeah, sure. So, Sarah, tell us a little bit about what you do. I noticed that you are a big, you know, fitness uh, guru. I, you love to promote <laughs> fitness and working out to specifically, I mean, Jewish women, but I think in mm-hmm. general to all types of women. So just tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay. So my favorite sport growing up was sitting on the couch with a really good book. Um, as a kid, I was the last kid picked for any sports game, um, and you could not pay me to go to the gym. When I was 21 and moving from Toronto, where I grew up, to Northern California, I felt like it's probably a good time to bring some physical movement into my life, just because it's not healthy to live a totally sedentary lifestyle. But for me, exercise was directly associated with the treadmill and with Zumba and with a step class or kickboxing. None of those things appealed to me. Um, And I'd read an article about CrossFit and the idea of weightlifting intrigued me. So I figured I'll give it a shot. I'm not going to get into the details. If anyone out there, if you bring me in to speak, you'll hear the full story. Um, But, um, but in a nutshell, I, I fell in love with CrossFit. I loved how it made me feel. I realized how capable my body is. I'm naturally weak. Um, and through that process, I realized that there's so much I could do and so much that um, I'm able to do if I just give myself the opportunity. And through my fitness journey, um, and in speaking to the people around me, I realized that fitness is really not prioritized in the firm community, mm. specifically. And I think that is very much Um, due to the direct association of exercise with weight loss. And so if people are trying to lose weight and they go to the gym and the pounds are not instantly falling off, 
it's the first thing that goes. Um, right. Whereas really, 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 I think if we actually understood the benefits of um, working out and moving our bodies in a way that makes us feel good, mm-hmm. we would all do it because it's so beneficial to so many areas of our health, physically, emotionally, mentally, all of that stuff. We just haven't been educated in large part and or um, the experiences that we've had with it have not necessarily been positive ones. And so a client of mine actually kind of introduced me. So by, by mistake, I was, I, so I got my CrossFit certification. I started training women um, and I was doing it from a body neutral perspective, which basically means I didn't promote weight loss but it was by fluke. It wasn't, it was kind of just like, I couldn't lose weight and maintain my weight loss. So I couldn't promise my clients results that I myself mm. couldn't find. And so one of my clients actually introduced me to intuitive eating. And it sounds like you had a few amazing episodes um, recently about it. So refer to that. Um, I actually didn't speak I, about intuitive eating on my, any of my podcasts yet. So. What? No, I haven't. I mean, like people touched on it, but Never to the extent that we might be talking Wait, about. Wait, I thought you said that like Gila and, and you had Gila and Elisheva and forgot who else. Gila and Elisheva Weiner? Weiner? Yeah. No. Was that not you? It was probably not me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it wasn't. It wasn't. I mean, I had Rachel Tuckman okay, come was, to my community. No, 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 no. It was Project Proactive. <laughs> yes. Yeah, because we're doing a live next week. Sorry. Okay. Okay. Um, cool. Um, so, but basically I started doing my own research and I started learning and I started educating myself on concepts such as health at every size and intuitive eating and joyful movement and really learning that health is so much more than our weight and size. And once I became more educated, then I was able to actually start intentionally offering my clients a weight neutral fitness experience. Um, and I very much enjoy working out and I, I liked what I was doing. My clients were getting the results they were looking for, but I started realizing as this conversation was starting within the firm community that there was so much more education that needed to happen. And I, I love talking. So um, I've kind of taken a step back recently from working one-on-one with clients and focusing more on speaking and educating and just helping people understand what it is that we're doing here and why this is important and giving them practical tools and tips on how to start implementing that into their lives. Mm -hmm. So that's where we're at. Wow. I wanted to ask you actually, do you get any resistance from your clients and people that you speak to about like, wait, what do you mean? Uh, So what's the point of exercising if you're not going to lose weight? What's the point? Because a lot of people just see it as a way to lose weight and be fit. So when they see you promoting exercises, just joyful movements and, you know, weight neutral, you know, exercise that you said? Yeah. How do you deal with that? And do you get resistance? Well, I'll tell you the honest truth. Um, At the beginning, I very much felt like I was part of an underground. um, And and it it hurt me when I saw people who were resistant to it, because for sure that exists. I mean, we have to recognize that we're going on like, what, six decades of diet culture. This is not, this is not like, oh, it's only been around for two, three years, and now we're switching it up. Like this is something that the the messages that we've been given with regards to to weight and size and value and all of that is very much embedded in our psyche for better or for worse, for worse, for worse. Um, So what I realized, I would say in the last year is that 
instead of trying to fight and fix a broken system, I'm here to create a new one, a better one, a safer one, a stronger one that with time will overpower the broken one that exists. So I'm not looking to like fight it out, to change anyone's minds, to, um, to, to really, I'm here to shake things up but not for the people who aren't ready. And what I realized is that so many women are ready. These are messages that we're craving because really, really, that's how we're supposed to live. So when it's almost like I'm giving people permission to just really be themselves and explore health in a way that really suits their bodies. Um, and it's, it's such an incredible and exciting thing for me because it's, it's amazing to see how, how well it's received. Um, but really it's, it's not me. Like I've been educated by so many others and I'm just sort of passing on the message. Mm -hmm. And I, so I would say for the most part, the ones who follow me and the ones who connect with me are really people who are ready for it and they're open and they're listening. It doesn't mean that there's no resistance. Again, they've had decades of, of, you know, opposite messaging, but they're there to hear. And really all I'm here to do is to let people know that this is an option, um, obviously a better option, um, but just really give them an opportunity to explore something different. And so does it come up here and there resistance? Yes. For the most part, again, I have resources. I'm here to educate. I'm not saying it's like, I'm not shutting anyone out unless they get rude or offensive um, you know, that's just not acceptable. Um, but for the most part, for the most part, people are really, really ready to hear it. That's been my experience. Wow. That's beautiful. And why, why do you think that this is such a big problem in the Orthodox Jewish community? Do you think it's just singular for the community or why, why, what, with a community that the ideals are supposed to be about, you know, the soul and your neshama and what's inside is what's important. Why is this a problem in the Orthodox Jewish community? Why do you find that? Okay. So I don't think it's a problem more for us than it is for any, you know, any other community. It's very much an issue in the secular world. And that's where we got these messages from to begin with, right? Definitely from outside media. Um, with that said, I hate, hate, hate when people say, oh, it's not a from problem. It's not a Jewish problem. It's a world problem. Because we're so much better than that. Like we have a, we have a values book that we live by exactly as you're saying so many of these things that we're pursuing, um, the external beauty, the aesthetics, the thinness is so inconsistent and so incongruent with our Torah values. I don't have an answer. Like the bottom line is, is there's no good answer for why this happens. I've spoken to many people about it over time. There are, there are a lot of like theories floating around. We're not great at like acceptance and tolerating diversity and whatever but right. the bottom line at the end of the day those are also jewish values that we're not like upholding so at the end of the day there's no answer i would say bottom line like i've never said this out loud before but i think it comes down to like we're in gullus and we've just we've just like absorbed the messages that we shouldn't have that's the bottom right. line right and we're human and we are prone to you know falling into that trap as well yeah it's yeah. not like we are imbued with a special force that we can't we are fully resistant and we have superpowers right. we're human right. um right. so speaking about the, the orthodox jewish community i mean i grew up in a traditional community we obviously come from different backgrounds i'm 
a Persian Jew. So I grew up, you know, where my parents would keep Shabbat Friday nights right. and like, whatever. It wasn't like everybody's accepted in the community. So I'm not so familiar with the way Orthodox Jewish girls grow up with these ideas of sniyut, which is modesty. So mm -hmm. do you think, what do you think about how the schools and families teach girls about the laws of modesty? And do you think that helps with a girl's body image? Okay, so I'm gonna share my experience and my perspective. And I know this is shared by many, many, many girls and women in the prim community, but it's not by any means the only perspective. And pretty much I'm gonna say that applies to like anything we're gonna talk about um, okay. today. Right. I, I, someone recently kind of shared this analogy and I think it's very fitting. Um, if you go to any like from wedding, there's always going to be a babysitter. There's a babysitter there to take care of the screaming babies or the two-year-olds who are, you know, too cranky after the chuppah or whatever. No one cares what her name is. No one cares what she's wearing. As long as she's there, she's so important. She's so important. You need that babysitter at the wedding. Sounds like you understand what I'm talking about. Um, but no one cares who she is, what her name is, what right. she's wearing. Like, as long as you know that she's responsible and she's going to, you know, serve her purpose, great. And I think the messaging that I know I got and that many of us get in the, in the more right-wing system is that our bodies are simply here to serve a purpose. And that's it. They're a vessel for the soul. And so we need to take care of it. But like, we don't really give it too much attention. Um, and Chevy Samet, um, who I did a live with recently, had such a beautiful way of putting it. She said, yes, our bodies are the vessel for our soul, but they're not just the vessel, they're the vessel. Like without it, we literally couldn't do what we're here to do. We couldn't fulfill our mission. We couldn't serve our purpose. It's such an important, it plays such an important role in our lives. And as such, we have a responsibility and an obligation and a privilege to take care of it and to nourish it and to um, really give it the attention and the respect that it deserves because it is here to fulfill such an important purpose. Um, and I think that part doesn't come across when we're learning about SNEAS. Um, and I, I like, I need to be really clear. There's no malicious intent. It's not on purpose. No one's trying to like give us these messages, but but when you kind of, sometimes when you cr try to neutralize something, it ends up having, taking on a negative tone later on in life when you don't have the tools to see it in the way that you should. Can you give me an example of that? Like what someone would teach about the laws of Sniyot that would be taken the wrong way? Very generic, but I mean, we're taught, we're taught to cover up. We're taught to not really not really show our shape so much not kind of like and and it's i i don't even have words because i can't remember a specific lesson that i was taught that kind of gave me this vibe but i think we're very much kind of like you know like just hide it hide it all hide everything and there's a very big difference threatening keeping things what is it because like your body is threatening to the male gaze um it's not supposed to be, uh, what's the word? So there's two, there's two things that I think it boils down to, and I'm not an expert on this. So I don't want to get into it too much. Um, 
just because I don't feel I have the, the proper background. But I would say the two biggest things that I walked away with was one, it's, it's, it's special. Um, and special is, it is, it is, but there's a very big difference between keeping something private and hiding something. And I know that a lot of people walk away with this is something to be hidden because it's shameful. Mm. You could hide, you could keep something private because it's beautiful and you can keep something private because it's shameful. And sometimes, sadly, I think because it is directly um, kind of the messaging comes together with what you were saying that, you know, it's, it's, um, like sexualized or yeah. Yeah. And it, and it becomes about the me- Right. And it becomes about the men and you don't want to like right. be a source of like a stumbling block. And, and that's, hmm, no, there's, there's just a little messaging that's off there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then never mind that we like go, we like throw, throw them into marriage. And it's like all of a sudden, Oh, by the way, like get naked, be right. comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. Like you, you can't really, it's not that. fair. Yeah. Um, so it, it's, so, we have a long way to go to, to kind of sure. reclaiming the, the positive um, experience of, of modesty, but I think, I think we can get there. For sure, for sure. So I'm not sure how to phrase this question because like I have, I'm confused about something because yes. one hand, we want, you know, we want our girls to take care of their bodies and, you know, keep it private because it's beautiful and it's holy. But then on the other hand, we also want to teach young girls about what healthy sexuality is. Right. Um, I just find that it's funny because you either find people who are like overly sexualized or like they can't handle things or it's like, they don't know anything. Like I'm a college teacher and I mean, I think most of my colleagues, you know, they're not like Shomernagi or anything, but mm-hmm. I find that there are a few in the Persian Jewish community, not even because of religion, it's just because of right. like, we were taught to be like prude and all this stuff. Like, <laughs> and I find that some of them like don't know anything about their body parts, like right. basic body parts. Right. <laughs> um, and I just find that it's like, it's a little weird that we have these like two different types of messages, like be sexy and like, it's important to like, you know, be sexual and all this stuff, but then like, no, 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 it's bad. I don't have an answer. I don't even hear my question, but. I I, I hear what you're saying. I know where you're getting with this. It's a question I have too. I don't have an answer, Um, but I can give you, if it's a topic you want to talk about, there are some great people who who, um, are qualified to talk about it. I just don't feel like I am qualified yeah. to, to respond. I want to bring it out there, you know, yeah. like that. It is, it is an issue. It is. I'm with for you. Sure. For sure. Okay. So you were talking about like accepting your body and being proud of it. So there's this, all this talk about like body positivity. I see it mm-hmm. everywhere. And yeah. to be quite frank with you, it, it's confusing because okay. you see like, you know, very skinny models and actresses talk about body positivity and then like they're showing their bodies in their bikini and like, well, obviously like you're positive about your body because it fits the standards of society. But then you have someone like Lizzo who goes to a basketball Mm -hmm. game and she's like doing a romp with like a thong and like they're saying, oh, she's being positive about her body. So 
like, where do we draw the line? Is being positive about your body showing off your body? What does it mean to be body positive, according to you? Okay. There's a lot here. There's a lot here. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'll start. I'll start. And if you're like, no, that wasn't my question, just redirect me. But I think first we need to understand what, what, what was the root, what's the source of bod the body positive movement? And I think this is really important to know because this is something that not a lot of people understand or are talking about. Um, initially, 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 the body positive movement was started by and for women in larger bodies. It was really a mission to, I don't know if the word is educate people, but like kind of get to a place where as a society, we can accept and respect people of all sizes. Um, we, I, I believe, not I believe, I know we were created in the image of God. That in and of itself means that we are inherently worthy and valuable. There's no other way to phrase that. Like just by being a human, you are deserving of respect. You are deserving of being treated like a human being. Mm -hmm. For some bizarre reason, thanks to diet culture in large part, we have gotten to this place where we judge people based on their size and we treat them accordingly. So the body positive movement really was about getting to a place where we accept and respect all body types. Nothing to do with health, nothing to do with body image. It was just about this. It was a movement to accept and respect people. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I like need to put a disclaimer, like it's possible I'm getting some of the nuances wrong, but I think this is the basic starting point. Mm -hmm. What happened was, and, and why a lot of people, a lot of fat people are frustrated is that they feel like the whole term was co-opted by society in general. Mm -hmm. And now everyone's all about body positivity. Um, I personally don't have a problem with it. I think we need to respect all people of all sizes, but I understand their frustration. And then obviously we get into like, well, what defines fat? I personally define, you know, I consider myself a fat person. Um, but you don't someone, get like insulted by the word fat? Okay, great question. Um, I personally have worked on myself and I have um, gotten to a place where fat is a neutral term for me. It's just my body type. Wow. So, and, and that is a big part of my mission and, and kind of the mission of the body positive movement. Like you have blonde hair, you have brown hair, she's short, she's tall, she's fat, she's thin. It just is a body type. It's not a dirty word, it's not a bad word. So when someone, that doesn't mean that everyone's there yet, and I know that sometimes when I use the word fat, it throws people off, um, but to me, it's a neutral term. Um, I kind of need to interrupt and, and like share this really cute story. I was yeah. at, I spoke um, in England a couple weeks ago, and I was doing a session. Oh, a at Lewis, session. right? Yeah, yeah. Nice. So I did a co-ed session for, for 11 to 13-year-olds. It was a group of 21 kids. Um, and I walked in and, and I had them start off just to get a little buy in. I had them start off by writing down like a body part that they don't like. I didn't look at it. They folded it up. They put it to the side. And I said, we're going to talk about body image a little bit today. Why me? Because I'm fat. And like there was a collective gasp from everyone. Um, and, and a few kids were like, no, you're not. And I said, okay, let's talk about it. Because like, it's usually used as an insult. What? It's usually right. used as an insult. Right. right. So one of them said, 
you're not fat, you're round. <laughs> adorable. One of them said, there are people that are fatter than you, which is true. One of them said, it's not nice. You're not allowed to say not nice things about yourself. And I said, that's a great point. What if I don't consider it a bad thing? What if to me, it's just how my body looks? Is that a problem? And, and it was a great segue into the conversation of what is fat and, and why has it become this really dirty term? Um, but taking it back, so, so for me personally, it's not. And I try very hard, hard to neutralize it. And I know that not everyone's there. And I know it's a journey and it's a process. And, and, and there are some days where I'm still insecure about it. And there are, everyone's going to have these, even when you get to a point where it's like totally, you know, all right, not a big deal. This is just a descriptive factor. And then someone's going to say something and it's going to like hit you right in the heart. And it takes a second to get over that. Again, we've, we've like absorbed these messages for so long. That's normal. Um, but I still think it's important to kind of break it down and, and neutralize it. Um, okay. So where was I? Talking about the body positive movements and how diet um, Oh, what, what even defines fat? So I'm considered a small fat, which I have experienced fat shame and discrimination for my size. I have experienced shame and discrimination for my size, mm-hmm. but I also have thin privilege compared to someone in a much larger body. I don't need to ask for a seatbelt extension when I go on a plane. I'm able to ride any roller coaster because the, the seatbelt will close on me. That's thin privilege. That's not, it's not something I asked for. It's kind of just, this is how I was born. This is the body I was given. Um, so, so it, it's like, I want to say I'm fat. And when someone says, oh, you're not fat, that's very invalidating because again, I've experienced that discrimination for my size. Um, but I, it's very important to acknowledge that compared to someone else, I, I have a much easier time. Um, okay, I'm so impressed. Talking. I'm really, really impressed by you. <laughs> Thanks. That's, this is no easy feat. Like to come to this place where you have accepted yourself and that the, the word fat is not an insult to you anymore. And it's just a neutral word. That's like, wow. Call a kavod. Because thank you, thank you. <laughs> I think that's really true self worth. Like, you value yourself for who you are inside, and you don't yes. let society dictate what how you, they make you feel. Um, it, that's incredible. It's very much thank you. It's very much a process, it's very much a journey. It always has its ups and downs. There are definitely still days where I look in the mirror and I like grab all my stomach flab and I like hold it up, and I'm like that would be nice. That's hot. You know, like we all have those days and we all have those moments because again, we still live here in in this world in reality. Um, but I laugh, I laugh so hard when, when the people talking about resistance are the people who are like, Oh, health at every size and intuitive eating, which we didn't even get to. Hopefully we'll have time to explain those. But when health at every size and intuitive eating is just a fat person's excuse to stay fat. And I have the only appropriate response is to laugh because it is so much harder and requires so much more internal work to get to a place where you are comfortable with your body when the entire world around you is not than just to go on another diet. Mm -hmm. It's way easier for me to go on a diet and say like, all right, I'm going to go with the flow on this one. So you get to a place where you are comfortable with how you look again, especially when everyone around you is telling you you're not. takes so much more, takes, takes so much more strength. And, and it's just, it makes me laugh. It makes me laugh when people just totally don't process that. And I also think it takes a lot more strength for a person 
who doesn't fit society's molds of like that skinny quote unquote body. Mm -hmm. Whereas like, you know, someone who is skinny and promotes intuitive eating. So, you know, the people who resist that are like, okay, easy for her to say she, she doesn't have to go on a diet. She doesn't have to exercise the way I do because she's naturally skinny. So I don't want to, I don't want to go on this path. Like I feel better when I'm skinny. So, right. Okay. I love that you're saying that because that brings me to my next point. So we kind of address what the body positive movement started as. And I want to now say, I think what it has in large part become, and this is a lot more of what we're hearing about in social media, um, is it's become about positive body image. Okay. So you can have someone, what? It's different. It's different. Exactly. And I'll explain why. You can have someone in a size two body and someone in a size 22 body, right? Mm-hmm. The person in the size two body is going to, to have thin privilege just by the fact, just by the nature of how they look and what their body size is. Someone in a 20, size 22 body is going to experience fat shame and discrimination just because of how their body looks. We cannot change those facts. Now, the person in the size 2 body and the person in the size 22 body could have the exact same level of negative body image, alternatively, the exact same level of positive body image. So what you're hearing, what we're hearing a lot of is fat people being frustrated with thin people co-opting the term body positivity because they're like, you don't even deal with all of that ridiculous nonsense that I have to deal with right and then you hear the thin people getting really frustrated because but I also struggle with my body I still hate how I look when I when I when when you have a thin person who's talking about intuitive eating or anything it is and she posts a picture on social media of her like grabbing her like teeny little baby um fat roll and saying like I'm okay with this people in larger bodies are like I'm not going to use any French on this podcast but like (laughs) are like, you have no right to say that. And she's just feeling like, but I worked so hard to get to a place where I'm actually okay with this. Because she could be struggling so much with how she looks and it has nothing to do with her size. So for me, they're, they're, I, I, again, I think people throw around the term body, body positivity and what they're really meaning is positive body image, which, which is understandable. Like it only became a difference because of how the roots of it. Um, it's totally fair to use the word body positivity when, when talking about positive body image, but I just want to explain the difference and, and where a lot of that like political correctness comes from and a lot of the underlying frustration and, and resentment is happening. Um, and I know I was talking to someone literally two, I think it was two nights ago. Um, she is currently in a thin body and she made a comment totally it was actually a totally neutral comment um and the word fat was in there and apparently she had some like flat she got some flat for it and so we had a conversation and i i think i unintentionally said like you know it's hard for fat people to hear that coming from someone in a thin body and she was like yeah i know i'm not supposed to have an opinion because i'm thin and Really, that wasn't my intention, but that is how a lot of people, how a lot of fat people feel. They just feel like you don't get my struggle. It's not fair. Right. And, and that's why I think it's so important to recognize that 
body image is something that we all struggle with. It doesn't matter if you're a size double zero, a size 10, a size 28. Like it's something that we all struggle with and you can't judge someone else's experience. And I will be totally honest and say, I fall into this exact same trap because when she said, like, I used to be a size 10, 12, I, I, I know a lot of people don't consider that fat, but they still consider it. Okay. Now you can have an opinion. I know it shifted how I thought about her. I was like, oh, you do get it which is so wrong. Like you could have, like that struggle happens regardless of what your weight actually is. Um, so the difference yeah. between body image, positive body image and body positivity would be what exactly? Body positivity is the movement to the accept movement. and respect all people all sizes. of all body sizes. Would you say the okay, health at the, every wait, wait, wait. at the root yeah. of it, at the root of it was really about acceptance and respect for fat people. Okay. Again, not going to define fat. Whereas positive, whereas positive body image is about how I see myself. Mm-hmm. Um, now those are really, really technical terms. And most of how society and social media is using it today is not that they're very much I feel like they're just mixed up together. Which is not, a, I don't think it's a bad thing per se. I just, when there's so much like cross, yeah. there's just a lot of noise. And I think it helps to understand where that noise is coming from. Um, but yeah, but, the, but you asked me a specific question. Oh, so where do we draw the line? Yeah. I think it's not our place to draw the line. I think if someone is comfortable in their body, if you're okay with a thin person, and I think this really like brings out the, the, beauty, so to speak, the ridiculousness of diet culture, because we're so okay with someone in a thin body wearing a bikini and promoting body positivity or positive body image. But when someone in a fat body does the same, we're like, "Mm, what about obesity? And also like, what about modesty? And also what about, you know, some self-respect and just like, no, that's such a freaking double standard. Mm-hmm. If you're okay with someone in a smaller body, the really the idea of the body positive movement is let's get to a place where we're okay with someone in a larger body doing the same thing. Now, this is completely separate from from a Jewish perspective of modesty. That so I will tell you very 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 honestly because of the work I do in this in this world, mm-hmm. I personally and growing up sneeze and modesty was something that was very intuitive for me. I never struggled with it. It was something that I was okay with. Um, I don't know how much of it is, you know, that's how I was raised and how much of it is that was really something that I wanted for myself. Right. Um, But now I have gotten to a place where I'm just like, it's beautiful. I think I've almost neutralized it to the point where like, I don't see it as a sexual thing. It's just a self-respecting. I know intellectually that's not the, the Jewish perspective per se, and so that is something that I'm currently exploring. And, and that's actually why I even got on, on a live with Shemi Sa- Chevy Salmon in the first place, because I was right. like, let's talk about this. Because I'm at the place where I kind of become so comfortable and, and, and really, really gotten to the place where um, weight neutrality and body neutrality is, is a real thing in my life. And I'm just like, hmm, where does modesty fit into this? And it really does. It really does fit in. Um, again, beyond the scope of this conversation but it definitely there is a lot to explore there as well right but i also think that like this whole body positivity movement um i personally i don't think that showing off your body in a bikini whether you're size 2 or a size 12 or a size 22 
I don't think that's for people to consume. Great. You know? That's fine. Yeah, that's totally fair. I actually think if people observe the laws of modesty in the proper way, that it actually helps them utilize their bodies as a vessel and not as this object when it's used in the correct way, you know? I totally hear that. I totally hear that. So I wanted to ask you. Yeah. So yes, there's this H-A-E-S. I don't know how you pronounce it. Haze. Haze. Okay. Health at every size. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. So what if someone is obese? Studies show that obesity is linked to certain health issues. I'm not even going to go into it, but there are, there's research and studies that obesity is a big, big problem. So how does the Hayes movement, you know, um, address this issue? Okay. Where's the limit? Is there a limit? Okay. So first of all, I just want to say I am officially obese. Just want to put it out there. According to what? According to to BMI. According to BMI. According BMI to BMI is total BS. I need to put it out there. The BMI is BS. Okay, so um, people if, don't think that. Right. Yeah. The problem is that the medical industry still uses it. But let's just back up for a second. The person yeah. who invented the BMI specifically said it's not to be used the way that we use it today. Let's just start with that. Okay. And it blows my mind that 200 years later, where we live in such a modern time and technology is so advanced and we're so about like moving forward with the times we're stuck in this ridiculous, stupid, nonsensical BMI system that makes no sense. Hmm. I, I'm just like mind blown by the fact that we could like progress in so many ways. And yet this is the one thing that like we hold on to for dear life. It doesn't make any sense to me. Um, okay. So according so, to and, BMI, and, you are considered obese. Yeah. And also just to like, let you know, by the way, it arbitrarily changes. Like Mm -hmm. I used to be quote unquote in the overweight category. I don't know what it, I don't remember when they changed. I think in the eighties, maybe I'm not sure. Don't quote me on this. Um, but one day they woke up and they said, Hey, let's change. Like they literally just changed the numbers. So from one day to the next hundreds of thousands of people who are overweight suddenly are obese. People who are underweight are suddenly average. Like there's, there's a lot that goes on that we don't understand. Now, I don't want to bash the entire medical community because I think there's a lot of good that's done there, but I think it's important to say that a lot, a lot, a lot of pharmaceutical studies are funded by the medical industry. Where the, the, um, oh my God, what's the term? What's the term? What do you? Conflict of interest. Conflict of interest. Mm -hmm. It's such an important like value in so many different industries it does not exist in the medical industry. You cannot have a doctor. Doctors are prescribing medications that they get like a commission of, right? So so to kind of place significant value on a lot of these research studies, now I'm not saying they're all BS. I think you got to know which ones to look at, but just something to keep in mind. And also more not more importantly, but equally important, the studies that don't reflect the results that they're looking for disappear. It's not like we're seeing all the research studies that they've done. They're showing us the ones that prove a point that they need to make. And the ones that don't are shredded, deleted from the records, they never happened. I think, I think again, that's not something that's ever spoken about. It's not something people know. Um, okay. Yeah. I mean, now, I'm not so familiar with this either. Because you know, whatever so, the doctor says, or whatever the pediatrician right. says, that's right. And again, I'm not saying this is not me saying don't listen to your doctor or pediatrician. They fill a very important role. 
Um, I just think it's important for us to be educated and, and know what we're walking into. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what is health at every size? Health at every size is a movement. And the premise of the movement is that everyone could pursue health at whatever size they are. It does not mean that you are healthy at whatever size you are. It means you can pursue habits of health. Number one. Mm-hmm. Number two, it does not either say that fat or excess weight doesn't have any impact whatsoever on your on your health. Now, before we even get to that one, I need to say, let's actually, I started with that. Let's just finish that up. Yeah. Um, uh, if someone has, for example, is carrying a lot of weight on their body, it is going to affect their joints. Not it is, it may affect their joints. Now, will taking some of the weight off relieve the pressure on their joints? Totally. But, 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 dieting and intentional pursuit of weight loss has a 95% failure rate. Just for context, that's a higher failure rate than climbing Mount Everest. So if you're debating, hmm, should I climb Mount Everest or should I go on another diet and like sustain the 10 pounds that I lose? You have a better chance of climbing Mount Everest. (laughs) Fun fact. Okay, so there's so much. Now, there's so there's so much here. There's so much here, but but yeah, ninety five percent of people who lose weight gain it back, and up to two thirds gain back more than they lost. I can tell you that's been my personal experience. Every time I lost weight, I gained back more than I lost. And I look at pictures of myself from tenth grade when I was a size ten. Just for context, I'm now a size twenty, eighteen twenty. Um, when I was, I look at that picture and I'm just like. A, I don't know why the heck everyone in her life was telling her she needed to lose weight. And B, if she had just stopped dieting then, I really believe if I had stopped dieting then, I would probably be about 50 pounds lighter than I am now. Again, everyone's body responds differently, but it's a very normal phenomenon for your body to to hold on to more each time that you go on a diet. So intentional weight loss is, we just know it's not going to work. So now if someone joints are really bothering them and the weight is a factor, what's the appropriate response? We're not saying weight is not a factor at all. We're saying we know that trying to lose weight is not the answer. So what is the answer? So what is the answer? So then we get into looking into habits of health, Mm -hmm. right? Maybe you need more movement. Maybe you need physical therapy. Maybe you need there, there. I don't know. I'm not a medical professional. This is what where about we a healthy at. lifestyle? Meaning, you know, a lot of people tell me, no, I don't diet. I just, I. This is a healthy lifestyle. Okay, so a healthy lifestyle a is healthy eating. Okay, so as a general rule, healthy lifestyle is another term for a diet. As a general rule. Like, I just need to point out that well, a lot of diets health- promote themselves as a healthy lifestyle. It's not exactly, not exactly, 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 exactly. And that's, I mean, like, I don't blame consumers. Like, it's not right. fair. We're getting fed such misinformation. The weight loss industry is a $70 billion industry. $70 billion. You know what that means? It doesn't work. You know why? Because if it worked, they would be out of business. Do you ever go okay. into like a bookstore, a bookstore or a library and like notice this section of diet books? Ever thought about the fact that every single one says they are the solution and pretty much every single one contradicts the other? Just, I mean, just think about that for a second, right? <laughs> right? Yeah. So yeah. dieting isn't the answer. What was my point? Oh, you asked about healthy lifestyle. Yeah. Um, 
for as a general rule at this point at this point because there's so much like resistance to diet culture you know it's like okay let's come up with a new term that people will fall for um so for the most part that doesn't mean like you can't actually have a healthy lifestyle like you can you could have an, an an actual healthy lifestyle but typically when people say like oh i'm doing xyz it's not a diet it's a healthy lifestyle code word for for diet Mm, interesting okay so now i want to get back to i i where you draw the line about like yeah so i want to say so i want to say before we even get there i want to say i i believe it's important to say that weight or, or fat could have an effect on health as the example I gave before I know it's not being spoken about a lot and I know that that throws a lot of people off because they're like you can't just ignore this reality right now with I'm going to put that aside for a second and I want to say this is a much 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 bigger piece of the picture which is that correlation is not causation and we have taught to we've been taught to believe otherwise so for example um male uh heart disease is directly correlated with male baldness so males who have heart disease very often go bald. Are you going to say that the heart that that the baldness causes heart disease? Mm. Got it. No, that's like that's ridiculous, right? right. It's almost like saying um, weight gain causes diabetes. Mm. Okay, now now it, it is possible. It is possible that weight gain or too much sugar or whatever the specifics are lead to diabetes it is also equally possible that weight gain is a symptom of being a pre-diabetic so if for whatever reason someone's body is getting into that state where they are about to become a diabetic their body will respond by gaining weight Hmm. i need to put it out there there is no scientific proof one way or the other i'm not saying this is more correct than the other both are equal possibilities but it's not something that we've ever even thought of because all we know is you gain weight you get diabetes Mm -hmm. um again what's the response the response is not oh let's lose weight now a lot of people who have diabetes and lost weight will tell you oh but that's what changed no it's not it's not the weight loss that made the difference to your body it's the changes in your habits of health it's the changes in your lifestyle that are what affected the diabetes did you lose weight in the process? Very possibly. Does everyone lose weight, lose weight in the process? No. Mm. Again, the response is not, let's ignore the issue because there's nothing we could do about diabetes. The response is, what is within my control? Because again, we go back to dieting does not have a very good uh, track record, mm-hmm. right? So if you went to the doctor, if you, if you had strep and the doctor was like, okay, I'm going to give you medicine. By the way, pay me a lot for it, but it has a 95% chance of failing. Like there's a 5% chance it could help you. You look at him like he was nuts, but that's what we do on a regular basis. And that's why diet culture is so strong. And that's why it's a $70 billion industry because we fall for it over and over and over and over again. Why? Because we are not comfortable with our own bodies because we have created a society that puts thinness on a pedestal and a certain a certain aesthetic as desirable and all we want is to be accepted all we want is for someone to look at look at us and think we're beautiful all we want is for someone to want us that's the bottom line let's break it down right and so we're going to do what what it takes to get that feeling it's a feeling we're looking for a feeling right we want that feeling of being accepted and loved and and respected and wanted And so we're going to do whatever it takes to get to that feeling instead of looking inward and processing 
it on our own, which then kind of lets everything else fall away. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so well, what was your question again? Well, I, I don't even know, but we're yeah, what's about the like, what so the, the drawing the line is, it's not for us to draw a line. Mm-hmm. God gave us bodies. God created, like, why aren't we all striving to be a five, five and a half? Right. Because we're all made with different heights. Why are we not all striving to be a size eight shoe? Because that's stupid, right? That's a good point. We all have different bodies. Now, the choices we make could affect our bodies, could affect how we look, or they could not. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. There is so much that is beyond our control. That's without even getting into what actually affects our body size and how we process nutrition. Socioeconomic status. Um, pollution, right. where you live, well, what access you have. There's so many, your, your, how you process your emotions. There are so many things that go into what actually influences, right? Health and what actually influences our size that is beyond our control. There's really, really, really so little. And so what we, what the Hayes movement is promoting is look at your habits of health. Look at how you could eat in a way that nourishes your body, mind, and soul. Yes, emotional eating is healthy as long as it's not your only coping mechanism. Look at the Torah. We eat when we celebrate. We eat when we mourn. We eat when we're doing mitzvot. Eating is such a big part of our life. It's not, it's to satiate us, yes. It is to nourish our body so that we can serve God, yes. Right. But it's so much more than that. It's a unifier. It brings families together. It brings communities together. Breaking it down as purely nutrients is really, really, really letting a whole lot of it just drift away and not, not, it's not looking at the full picture, wow. um, which this is totally not a point I wanted to get into, but since but we're thank you for it, bringing that up. Yeah. Sure. But I want to also add, I think what really hurts me is seeing a lot of teachers and rebellion moralize food. Um, food is not good or bad. Do you like cheesecake by the way? Um, yes and no sometimes. Okay. Do you I'm like a- chocolate cake? I'm not a cake person. Okay, I'm not a cake person. What do you love? Pizza. Pizza. You love pizza? Love pizza. I also love pizza. I'll meet you in hell because pizza is sinful. <laughs> That's the message we grew up with, right? I remember sitting with my family and someone taking a bite of cheesecake. Oh, this is sinful. No, yeah. no, food is not good or bad. Food is amoral. Food has more nutrients. Food has less nutrients. Each play a role in our life. Yes, we should be making healthy choices. Nutrition is such an important part of how we eat on a daily basis. Do not, I, anyone listening, do not walk away and say that I said nutrition is not important. It's so important. But know what role different kinds of foods play in your life. And not only when, that nutrition, meaning like right. food is not just for nutrition and it's not just for satiating you it's emotional eating is not a bad thing right right again like again if emotional eating is your coping mechanism and it's taken to an extreme that's not healthy like they everything everything needs to you know have a balance Um, but it really bothers me when when we're we're talking about working on our midos and different character traits and it gets related to the the example is always when you're on a diet, self-control, willpower, 
that really bothers me because I think it, it implants this negative idea and it moralizes food in a way that it doesn't have to be. You are not a bad person if you eat two slices of pizza. You're not a bad person even if you eat one. You are a person who ate a slice of pizza. Done. Um, so, yeah. So, wow. We can go on and on about this. But <laughs> unfortunately, we do have a limited time to speak. So I do want to cover some other areas sure. before we finish. And sure. one of the things I want to talk to you about is the shit of crisis. Okay. I know you do talk about being single quite often on your Insta handle. Um, is there a shidduch crisis? And if there is one, what are some ways you think that we can solve the problem? Okay. Problems. <laughs> Again, one word disclaimer, this is very much my personal experience and my perspective. It is not a, I'm not representing anyone on this. I have my experience with it and I'm happy to share with you. The, the idea of calling it a crisis, I think we've, if it's a crisis, it's just because we've made it a crisis. That's, that's the bottom line. Why and where and how it started, I don't know, to be honest, I don't really care. I mean, God is the master matchmaker. I don't know why we try to take so much power. Like, just why? Like, right. he's got someone for me. He knows my address. When the time is right, he will deliver him to me. I'm do not- I have to do my ishtadlus? Honestly, honestly? depends who you ask because this is such an this is an area of life that's considered so beyond our control that there are people who say all you have to do all your established is pray and there are people say no you have to go out and do the work and and I think a big part of it is you know where's where's your level of emunambi tafonat okay but leaving that to the side I don't have an answer I don't know if there is one um kind of like I said before about fixing a broken system I, for a long time now, I've been saying, I think it's a great system that has its flaws. And as I'm getting into it a little bit more, I'm trying to find the good system part of it. I don't know that it is. I don't know that what we've made it now, I don't think there's, I really don't think there's a whole lot of it that's good. Do I like the idea of the research? Do I like the idea of being Shomer Gia? Do I like the idea of, of it being a 100% dating for marriage goal mindset? Yes. But what it has become, it's become so ridiculous. Like for me personally, my struggle with it is my size. And I know that so many, so many women share that with me. Men also, I'm going to speak for the women, but this is totally equally applicable to men. So many women share that experience, but everyone has something. I would like to meet one person who said they just breezed through Shadokam and there was not a single thing that came up. It could, you're too smart. You're too dumb. You have a physical issue. You have an, a, a mental issue. You have a parent who's divorced. I don't know. Next thing you know, parents who are married are going to be an issue. Like I'm just saying. Um, there's, there's no perfection. Right. There's always something, and we, we're looking for something that doesn't exist. Um, and so, again, I don't, I don't personally, personally believe that it's worth the effort to fix a broken system. Mm-hmm. Um, and I asked myself, I, this is something that I, I thought a lot about yesterday because I in, in realizing that Shadduchim is, is a struggle for a lot of fat people um, or people in any, any body larger than a size four, specifically when it comes to weight, um, I took the initiative and I reached out to, to a number of Shadduchim to ask them if I can, I speak for professionally, so I speak for pay, and I asked them if I can volunteer and come speak to them just to give them a little bit of education of what health at every size is 
wow. and why their comments, their weight related comments to people that are coming from a good place. Again, there's no maliciousness in there. Their right. intention is to be helpful. Their intention is to help girls and women get more dates. Their intention is to help them get set up, but it, it's not, it's not just hurtful. It's harmful, right? Especially, especially, especially when you have someone who is finally on a journey of exploring what it means to have a healthy relationship with themselves and their bodies. And they're, they really want that. And at the same time, they also really want to get married. And the messages that they're constantly getting is you are not good enough at your size. And so wow. uh, I reached out to them and asked them if I can come in and talk to them about it. And part of me was like, is this even worth it? Because it's a broken system. Is this even worth it? Is it, am I wasting my time? I'm, I'm focusing on the fat people instead of focusing on the bigger picture. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and the answer that I gave myself is if it's going to help one woman less get hurt, it's worth it. It's, wow. it's an investment of my time. But I think, I think, again, it's about starting a conversation. I think once people start talking, I think once this gets exposure, hopefully it'll have a ripple effect and, and, and make a difference in other areas of Shadokam as well. Mm-hmm. I don't, I think it's important to say, I don't think the Shadokam are the problem. My perspective, the problem at its root are the moms. Wow. Um, they're the ones dictating that this size is a need. You mean the moms of the boys? The moms of the boys. The moms of the boys are the root. Um, the rebellion are the solution. Because at this stage in their life, I think the rebellion and the Rashi Shiva are the ones who need to speak up. I think they're the ones who need to talk about this. Um, but I think that Shahadim are perpetuating the problem. Now, I understand where it comes from from their perspective because I have spoken to a number of them about it. I think the two biggest things that come up is if I, if I say I don't care and I'm not going to take their personal preferences into consideration, they're going to walk away and go to another shotgun. And I don't want to lose my reputation. If I suggest a, an extremely large girl to a thin guy, he will find it offensive, which in and of itself is an incredible problem, but he will find it offensive. And then I lose, and then it starts to affect my reputation. So I don't blame them, but I also blame them. Because they do have a role. And I think, I think that's why for me, I'm willing to take that step out and, and educate because I think people just don't know. And if you don't know, you can't be expected, you know, to do better. Now with, with this issue in itself, we have, we have a couple problems that I don't propose any solutions to. But the fact that we grow up in a community where there's no interaction between opposite genders and then all of a sudden you come to shut up and you're thrown into it, they don't have a chance to to explore what a relationship is and how a relationship grows. Now, granted, I scientifically, statistically, women do have an easier time with attraction growing than men, but many, 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 many men have told me that attraction does grow. So it's there, but we don't even give it a chance because of the way that the shidduch system works. Um, Additionally, guys have never even freaking touched a girl. Like if they had the opportunity to kiss a girl, I think their perspective on what they find attractive would really change. I am not saying guys should kiss girls. I'm not proposing we do away with Shomer Nagia. I'm saying, and I'm not saying it is the problem in the system, but I'm saying within the broken system that we have, like in an ideal world, this system could work, but we don't live in an ideal world. We have so, so badly absorbed the messages from the outside. Like talking about me is what you were saying before that it's private and it's something that we cover up and we're not going to get into the you know women's faces in newspapers or not but like we stand so strongly with that and those same people that same community is saying what's her size send me a full body shot 
we're like we're contributing we're, we're how far right so right. so and and take it a step further um this this is not representative of the community as a whole but i i see like how much worse it gets with Bali chuba right because I've heard from many girls and women who said, when I was secular and I would go to a bar, I got hit on all the time. And I'm not just talking about like the one eight stands. These are women who have been in relationships. They have had boyfriends. Um, Interesting. All of a sudden, all of a sudden they're from now. Now, again, we live in a messed up culture. So the fact that they're Balichuva is already a stigma and a point against them. Let's take that out of the picture for a second. They're being told they have to lose weight now because they're not good enough. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them feel like this is what I gave up my life for. Like, really? Yeah. You bring me into this community that is so holy, that has such incredible values, and you want to reduce me to my weight and my size? And they have a very good point. They have a very good point. I don't have a solution. I have no suggestions whatsoever. I know that the work I'm doing is very much just a Band-Aid. Um, but for now, for me, a band- it, this is not my, like, battle I'm going to take on. Um, and so for me, I'm willing, I'm willing to be the person who puts on a bandaid for the time being. I don't think it's ignoring the issue. I think it's just dealing with the reality that we have now as I work to create a better reality. Wow. Beautiful, Sarah. You have, you gave us so much to think about and to explore. Um, even though you didn't give solutions per se, you did give a lot of material so that people can create solutions eventually. Um, I want to give you one last question. Yeah. It's what are your hopes and dreams for the world? I dream of a world where my children, God willing, one day will grow up um, in a place where they are not judged for how they look Um, and that their weight or size is not a consideration in anything they do in life. It's not, it doesn't affect how their peers see them. It doesn't affect their shaduchim. It doesn't, it just, it's not a part of the equation. Wow. That's my dream. Amen to your dream. And there's a saying, I don't know if it's in Pirkei Avot, that even though you can't finish the whole task, what what is that quote? I forgot. I'm like losing it. I don't know it in Hebrew. (laughs) It's not not your job to finish the task, but it is your job to at least start it or start it do a part in it so thank you so much sarah for taking the time to speak to me plenty of other people who definitely need to hear this message and i wish you a lot of hatzlacha a lot of success in everything that you're doing and bizrat hashem at the right time with the right person you should walk down the aisle and build a bite in israel ben eman so thank you so much for giving me this opportunity for having this platform. There's only so much I can do on my own. And it, it takes people like you who are willing to have these conversations and share it with the world. So I very much appreciate you. Very Thank much. You. Wonderful. Thanks again. Alrighty. All right. Pull it up. Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in. And if you enjoy this podcast, please leave a review. That would mean so much to me. And I would love to hear your feedback about the show and how I can make this better for you. And if you want to learn more about what I do, you can check out my Instagram page at Soul Train KK. Have a great day.